What is up, my Hanyaks? Welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast. Hope you're ready for your weekly dose of weird. Still can't decide if I like weekly or daily. Let me know your thoughts down below. We've got a fun show today. Uh, Very Olympics-focused because that's what's been going on the last week and a half. So, hoping you're feeling PDFG. Hope your day and week are PDFG. For those of you who are new, that's pretty darn freaking good. And uh, trying to do all these catchphrases. So we're just going to ride the lightning here. All right, Olympics. Let's talk uh, what's been going on. Uh, The U.S. is dominating as usual. And funny observation that I've made, and this is, so we're going to start here. I guess we're going to start here, right? (laughs) So funny thing. Now, I I need you to understand this is tongue-in-cheek here, what we're doing, all right? So I really don't care at the end of the day because I'm happy for these people and they have their own reasons. However, I do love to be petty and and make this hilarious observation that the U.S. is not only just dominating under the U.S. flag, but as a whole because I've found out more and more of these athletes are born or either grew up and currently go to school, train, live in the U.S., And then go represent these other countries and win golds and set world records. For example, uh, what is his name? The champion pole vaulter for Sweden. He has the current world record holder, Mondo Duplantis. Or Duplantis. He is from, born in Lafayette, Louisiana. I think a Swedish mother, American father. Currently goes to LSU. And uh, home slices out here representing Sweden. So the U.S. is... uh, is essentially, we are providing success for other countries. You know how I know we're better than everyone else? At least in terms of Olympics and athletics, you know how I know we're better than everyone else? Because everyone trains here, comes here, goes to school here, and then takes that skill that has been honed and developed back to their countries. I mean, this is what we're seeing with international basketball. All these guys, all these great guys come from other countries. They come here. The NBA, the best league in the world by far. And then now what are we seeing? We're seeing uh, better levels of competition, and it's not so clear-cut that the U.S. is going to be the best there. So uh, this is obviously me being a little bit facetious because I understand that people have their own reasons, and I try and put myself in that shoes. You know, I'm obviously Scandinavian through and through. I'm not as close to my heritage as some of these people, but say, let's say, for example, my mom was American, my dad was from Norway, right? Like straight off the boat from Norway. And I grew up that way. Honestly, there might be something to some special tie or heritage where it's like, yeah, I think it'd be really cool to go represent Norway. Uh, but at the same time, I sit here and go, you know, I'm, I'm an American because it's, it's a funny conversation because unlike anywhere else, America is built on the transplant, the immigrant ideal, you know, the melting pot. It's other people come here for that opportunity to, to make something better for themselves or just the best version of their life. And so I just think it's funny. Like there's a, there's also a sprinter, a runner. She's representing Puerto Rico and another one representing Panama. And they were talking about it and she's like, yeah, she lives and trains in South Carolina. I was like, what the heck? But then it turns out, I think her mom, who maybe is uh, no, not with us, uh, passed away. Uh, not politically correct. Her mom is dead. Uh, sorry. I just, people get so weird. They're like, oh, they've, they've moved on. They've passed on. And I'm just so matter of fact, I'm like, yeah, this person is dead. Not trying to be insensitive. They are, though. And that's that gets me in trouble. So, But uh, she's doing it in honor of her mom. And it's like, 
what am I uh, in a in a serious sense? Like, what am I supposed to say to that? Right? Like, no, you should represent America because that's where that's America has made you. You owe us. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> I can't argue with that. But also, too, I think when you look at places like Puerto Rico, like it's a it's it's a territory that we have, but they're not a state, so it's like it's basically America. I will say this: Liberia, your flag. There was another girl. Uh, she was her parents are Liberian, but she's like grown up here from Minnesota, like literally lived her whole life here, and she's representing Liberia. And once again, it's like I'm sure there's good reasons, but at the same time, I'm like, ah. All I look at is go, okay, the top athletes, uh, maybe (laughs) a lot of times you actually find out, oh no, they live, they go to school here. Like how many athletes have I seen representing other countries that either go to Oregon, go to LSU or go to Texas because those are great track schools or I'm seeing these people. Yeah. They're NCAA champions. I'm like, wait a minute. That's our system. Which I mean, if we by and large have the best system and you are an incredible athlete and you live in some country that doesn't have a system in place to allow you to hone and grow your skills to the Olympic level, which is the top tier, the ultimate in so many ways, then yeah, absolutely. Come here. Let's figure it out. Like if my kid is a freak athlete in some sport, guess what I'm probably going to do? Like, like you see with so many NBA players now and AAU guys, it's like, there's these schools that are known around the country where it's like, hey, if your kid's wanting to be a basketball star, wanting a chance at the NBA, he needs to go to this school. You know, he needs to go to this place or this preparatory academy. I mean, it's the same thing. Same thing with like the Blue Bud Colleges, right? Like, go there. Oh, I'm from Oklahoma, but I'm not going to go to UT for track. No, if, my kid, if UT is the best place for my kid to go and be a track star, sure, I might hate it and only wear horns down shirts. But no, I'm going to support him and he's going to go there. And it's like, yeah, he's an Okie, but, you know, guess what? Uh, if the the best opportunity for him to be the best or her to be the best is UT, that's what we're going to do. So just remember that before you get outraged at my Hanyakness here with this, just remember, it's not that serious folks, but yeah, funny observation. And uh, so I just say, I, th- I think as long as we acknowledge that and we can take the credit that look, the U S is producing the best athletes bar none, whether they're in a USA uniform or not. So we'll take some credit for that. That should be like four honorary gold medals. I don't know for like each, for every three, for every four medals that, that um, are gotten by someone who, and, and I think there should be a system. Like if you live train and train here and then maybe grew up here like a three-tiered system you know in law you have certain like hey we're charging them with this and to meet that standard here's the three qualifications i think it could be the same right so for every four medals gotten for a person who meets let's say these three standards or where it's like look okay you grew up here and you really never spent any time in your home country um i mean by all means you're american but you, you know, maintain a dual citizenship or something somehow, and you go back and represent that other country, then uh, let's just say you win, if you win a medal, and then there's three other people that do the same, then boom, it, I don't know, can we get like a, like a, like a provisional medal? Like maybe it's not gold, silver, or bronze, but it's like provisional medals, like transplant medals. I don't, I don't call them transplant medals. I don't know. There's something there though. Let me know your thoughts. And cause I will say this too, a lot of, I think I, there have definitely been instances where it's, you couldn't make the, the American team, but you could make the team of say your parent or your family's country of origin. Yeah. Go do that. If I was in that boat, look, if I was here, same scenario, right? Uh, let's say I'm, my mom was from here. My dad was immigrated from Norway and I was good at something. And I, but I was like, oh, 
I am I am tenth best in the United States in terms of like Olympic hopes, but I could, uh, but I'm first or second best in Norway. I'm going to Norway, folks. I'm I'm getting to the Olympics. All right. All this being said, you're welcome. All right. That world, that pole vaulting world record should be ours, but it's fine. Okay. It's fine. The world record holder should be a little asterisk next to it that says, yeah, actually American or half American. Sweden doesn't get that record. Oh, even though I do love my Scandinavian countries and I am partial to that. I, so Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Finland, even I could accept one of those, uh, co-opting our, our, or not plagiarizing, but yeah, but getting the credit for what's actually doing, you know, for, for, for what we're actually doing. It's fine. All that to be said, I, I think this just proves the point that, uh, we're the best. And I mean, even despite that, we're still leading in all medals, uh, and we don't have the most golds, China, looking at you, but we're coming for you. Uh, but we have the most medals overall. So, we, slight gap on the on the golds, which I was upset about. And uh, I could do, like, the gold medal count, but, I mean, look, y- everyone's spewing that. So, I'm not here to talk about super-duper-duper serious stuff like that, but more fun off-topic stuff. So, uh, I guess we'll move on to a next interesting point where everyone feels they need to talk about it, myself included, but I'm glad I waited because my my thought process has evolved. And I still am a little bit indifferent in facts of I don't know where I stand on this whole Simone Biles thing because there's so many there's so many variables like so many things and there's context and it's and it's so interesting. I think I think where I find my objections or any objections is the conversation that con- that came out of that where people because on one hand I can say look, I think this is an important step I can understand where maybe this is an important step where we don't push people too far so much so that it is uh, harmful. But with the Olympics being said, it's like if there's a time to ever kind of push your yourself to the absolute limit where it's like, hey, I got like say this, you know, I've got some calf tightness and uh, I'm worried that it could like rip my Achilles. I talk, figure out, say, okay, how loose can I get? And maybe, and it's like, uh, if I feel like I can do it and it's worth the risk to me for my personal thing, then I'll take it. But if it's not, then I scratch for injury. Right. And so, uh, but, but I don't think, I think it's gone too far when you, when she's lauded as a hero and being extremely brave. I, I, I would say this, it, it is a very hard decision to do that and to come to the conclusion that your headspace is not right because when you are competing at the ultimate level, you need to make sure that you can lock in. However, on the flip side of that, in spite when we see what separates, you know, good from great a lot of times is those moments where you feel where maybe mentally you're being tested and it's like, I, you know, there's, there's seemingly no way you can do this, but you, I don't know, you've either created a routine or there's someone there, you have a support system or by sheer will and grit, you find a way to push through and make it happen. I.e. Michael Jordan's flu game, Kobe shooting free throws with a torn Achilles and walking off the court. I mean, just the relentless barrage that we see and or, or in the past in the past 10 years you've seen twice two three one down three one comebacks one in the conference finals one in the NBA finals where it's teams come back and it's like it's insurmountable odds and so all that to being said I, I think look if I think if an athlete goes out there and is like I just can't make this happen I think I, what are you supposed to say 
darn, that sucks. Oh no, you're so weak. Yes and no. I mean, because I I definitely had those thoughts initially. Though I was like, look, a a, a true competitive statements I have an issue with. You know, um, talking about it's a, a real what shows real toughness is being able to pull out uh, at the last. And I was like, sort of. It shows it shows good awareness, maybe. But and, and it is a tough, hard call. But I wouldn't necessarily. I don't know. It's to me in a lot of ways. It's like that's not toughness like toughness is when you is more the moments when you when you power through in spite of something you do something not beat not bowing out because of it and so that's where it's like I take issue with that moment and um also there's the buzzwords of self-care and um you know talking about how this is mental health and and I think it's mentality there's always been a mentality I mean the difference between the good between like things that I wish I would have I could have come into or been taught or understood better when I was in high school or, or certain things like the mentality of I remember one time I heard talking about playing defense and basketball it's like hold on you don't you don't you don't yes you're I don't know I don't know why this was transformative but it was it was saying you make them you dictate where they want to go and with that mindset I don't know I literally I promise you after hearing that and kind of thinking about that going, okay, I see. I've always played defense in the sense of I'm guarding you. Yes, I'm trying to keep you from getting past me, but it's more very much the mindset of, uh, you know, I was, I've talked about this before is, you know, when you play a game, there's a difference when you play a game to not lose versus when you're playing to win. And a lot of times when you see is when people play to not lose, they end up losing. It's like focusing on the pothole in the road that you don't want to hit. No, no, no. You, you want to go on the smooth pavement. You're looking at the smooth pavement. If I'm, if I'm playing to win, there's, I don't, there's a, there's always a mentality shift and a performance shift that we see that, uh, it, it, it is so important and a perspective shift there. And when you, and I think the same could be, tr- could be said, or could be true at least, you know, when it, when it comes to this. And so what I noticed is when I, when I quit defending in, in the mindset of, oh, I don't want you to get past me to, no, 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 I'm going to push you this way or I'm going to defend you in this way. I'm not kidding. I, and maybe this is purely subjective. I became a better defender. And so I think in some sense, look, I, I can't even begin to imagine the pressure of being considered the greatest gymnast of all time, the face of your Olympic team, and then and and coming in and just expected to be greatness. I mean, but we see we see other people like Tom Brady continues to do it, Michael Jordan did it, Kobe Bryant did it. I mean, even LeBron James does it, even though I do have certain qualms with him in certain moments. But you see the greatest of the great is like they're not they're they're up in that position because in spite of having a target on their back of of maybe having all the pressure, they have found a way to to continue to perform because what separates someone from being good and great. And I'm not saying Simone Biles is just good. Do not think that at all. She is incredible. She literally has done stuff that people are like, yeah, that's uh, physically impossible for anybody else. It's a new category. And there's a whole scoring thing that I'm not privy to. Cause I, I didn't, I, I haven't even, I haven't read up on it or paid attention to it much. So uh, I'm ignorant of it. You can inform me by sending a five-star review, email, voice memo, whatever. But and I'm not saying that, but I will say, you know, there is a bit of a difference. Greatness, I think, in in one sense, is culminated by someone who is good at something and they're able to get to the top and then stay at the top and hold that position. You look at some of the, you know, when it comes to fighting, even like those guys that were able to just defend and stay at the top because you see plenty of guys that they can go get to the title and they're hungry. And then it's like, okay, what do I do now? And it's like, how do you maintain that? I have the tiger, you know, to quote, to quote Rocky there. So all that being said, I find myself bouncing back and forth between one side or the other. I don't think she's a national disgrace for doing this. 
I don't think she's a hero for doing this. I think that that was a tough decision that she had to make and being having been in positions where it's like, look, I mentally cannot make this happen right now. And, and, and having, having it happen both ways where there's a time where it's like, I have to, I have to bow out. I have to step aside. I have to do something. I have to go take a moment because I am not right in the head and it's just not going to work today. And then, uh, and then the other moments where it's like, ah, this isn't working, but I have to find a way to make it work. And, and understanding both sides of that. And when you're doing crazy stuff like she's doing, I mean, there's a huge risk for injury. So, uh, like I said, I think my biggest qualms come with, uh, the pieces where it's like, this is the most incredible. She's absolutely so brave. I'm like, look, she bowed out her, her headspace wasn't right. And we've heard lots of different things. I get skeptical too, when there's people coming to the fence and like, she had this aerial dis- disorientation, but she doesn't mention that at all. She talks about just mental health and, and, uh, self care, which I'm not the biggest fan of the, the, the self-care culture. I don't know. I, I don't like the buzzword. I'll say that it gets under my nerves because of the, the different things that qualify as certain self-care, I think is more of a selfishness and, a, and actually promoting weakness because it always begs the question, you know, okay, mental health, what is a part of mental health? It is knowing when to stop, when to take a breath, when to, when to step aside. It's also knowing too, that learning how to be able to cope and deal with very hard things, being able to deal with trauma. I mean, PTSD is a great one. It's like when you, when your body, you can't even deal with what's going on. And it's like, what do you have to learn to do? You have to learn to face that, confront that and, and get through that. And sometimes part of that is stepping aside. So a very long way to say, I kind of bounce back and forth. I can really play, see both sides of this. And I think my biggest point is, I don't think she's a national disgrace. I don't think she's a national hero for bowing out in the name of self-care, mental health. I think it's unfortunate this is, that this happened. I still think she's an amazing gymnast. And what am I supposed to do? If, if you decide to scratch and get there, uh, I, I my, my initial thought kind of sticks with me in something where it's like, ah, I couldn't cut it. it. You know, that happens at the Olympics. I've seen, you see people fall in the hurdles. You see, I saw our pole vaulter, a female pole vaulter get injured because she busted her pole and she she almost she tried it it was on her first attempt she got a new pole went and wasn't didn't complete the jump and the third time she literally had to pull up before even getting up in the air and sticking the pole because her hip was bothering her so much that's an injury scratch what am i supposed to do right and i think this kind of can fall in that same wheelhouse in a lot of ways so yeah uh, would love to know your thoughts on it though, where you fall. I think, I think it's a little too much to go far as being like, as trying to shame her in some ways, because I'll say one powerful story that, so it's funny. I see, I saw both sides of this play out with, uh, I don't remember her name. It was gymnast in the eighties who destroyed her ankle and then still went and did the vault one footed and managed to win. And it was initially applauded as being like, Oh, she had to do this to get the gold. But then I've heard, Oh, it it wouldn't, it actually didn't, there wasn't, this wasn't a make or break situation. And then someone, they talked about, you know, who was there and it was this coach who was notorious for pushing you, pushing you, pushing you, because that's always the hardest question. How far is too, too far? And I, I had this discussion with my sister at the gym today when talking about like lunges and lifting and knowing your limits. And I talked about benching without a spotter and Something you have to be aware of is, you know, say I'm going to max out my max, my mentality is going to be slightly different with a spotter versus without a spotter. There's going to be a moment where I really, really struggle to get up and I say, you know, I think I can crank out one more. However, if I don't, what's the plan of attack? And if I don't have a spotter, I'm going to say I'm, I have to stop here because I don't want to risk getting it stuck on my chest because I have clips on the end and trying to wiggle my way out. And maybe that separates me. Maybe that's just why I'm good and not great. I don't know to eat my own words there, but 
I think it's understanding that situation. And I think that sort of, you know, versus with a spotter, I'm absolutely, I'm going to crank out until absolute failure because I've got someone there to lift the bar off if, uh, if, if the worst case scenario happens. And so it's understanding like, where's that limit and, and especially relative to what you're doing. And, you know, like I said, in the Olympics, if there's ever a time where it's like, no, I actually have to power through and push through. It, it is this time because that is kind of, that is the pinnacle for so many of these athletes, the Olympics getting to represent your country. It's so awesome. And, and so I, I think it's such a hard decision. They talked about how now our culture has changed. There was even Larry Nassar who was the you know notorious sexual abuser of our gymnastics team. And, and he, and someone, you know, I saw a post talking about how it was his coach who's notorious for, for, you know, some people would say pushing, pushing these athletes too far and forced her to go back out there, even though she didn't want to. And on one hand, she's a great, awesome, uh, you know, harrowing moment where it's like, I went and vaulted one foot and I still landed, still stuck, able to get this score. It's like, wow, I, I kind of shattered my limbs. On the other hand, it's like, I was forced to go out and do this and, and I don't know if it was the right decision, but this is what came out of it. And, and, you know, on the other side, I think you could have either, either situation come out of her mentally. She's either, wow, I didn't realize I could do that. And you could still honestly not like your coach for pushing you to do that. But also at the same time, you kind of overcame something. And that's the double-edged sword here is that, you know, these coaches that are the hardest are sometimes the best for you, but then you also kind of hate them for it. I think of how many times, you know, I resented my parents or teachers or whatever when I was a young adolescent because we're rebellious and it's like, but then now looking back, there's, there are, there are things that I am so glad for that I hated in the moment. And so, you know, it's, it's tough to say either way. So we'd love to know your thoughts. Where do you stand on it? Do you think I had, I had a very fair opinion? Hopefully. Uh, and if not, come on, tell me how my Han yuck. But with that being said, Let's shift gears to the final thing. So uh, I do want to pose this question in the middle regarding the Olympics. Uh, How do you think NBC has done recovering it? I think they've done a relatively okay job. Heard a lot of horrible reviews about navigating NBC.com and Peacock. Apparently their interface is crap. And I, I read a whole thing about how NBC has a monopoly on the distribution rights, which I think obviously makes people lazy. And I think if there were competitors, if it was maybe two networks, you'd see the best coverage possible. I have YouTube TV and, it's, and I'm recording everything. And so I've gotten a little lost and confused, but I'm able to go back and, I mean, in their digital age, find everything more or less, which I enjoy. Uh, but I'm going to give it like a six or seven out of 10. Overall satisfied, but not blown out of the water. Uh, let me know where you stand on that. And then, you know, what's your favorite, if you have any favorite Olympic sports or event, don't just say track and field. I was having a discussion with a friend earlier. We are going around the room talking about our favorite uh, event, and, and they are like, yeah, track and field. I said, well, that's super broad. Could you narrow it down? Can we go, like, what's your favorite track or what's your favorite couple track and what's your favorite field? It's like, that's my, my favorite is the swimming. Oh, man, did I just did I just blow up my own argument by saying that? Well, my favorite is in gymnastics. I don't know. I think you can kind of hone in those. It's like, I, you know what I love? I love those. I love those sprints. I love the relays and the swimming. I love the butterfly is one of my favorite. The breaststroke. I kind of care less. I don't know. It looks funny from the side view and the heads are bobbing up and down and up and down, up and down. <laughs> it really cracks me up. But I, you know, where do you, what do you, what do you like to watch? What's your highlight for me? Honestly, I love some beach volleyball. I love the regular volleyball. Uh, I always love I always love the track and the field. Really, all of the events. I mean, I've always been attracted to like javelin throwing events, and uh, not so much the pole vault would probably be my top because I did it. 
And so it's just cool. And I don't know, pole vault to me, and I will maintain this, and you can argue with me about it, is the most technical, difficult uh, event, feel, at least field event uh, out there. There is because there are so many aspects and so many, you're, 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 yes, you're doing a sprinting approach. Yes, you, you have to have good technique because you're using the equipment and uh, in the pole. And there, there's so much that goes into it. I think it is, and, and honestly, one of the most risky because I've seen a dude in person snap his leg, tibia and fibula, snap his leg because his pole broke when he planted and all that force got redirected and he flies up onto the mat still. And then he picks up his leg at his knee. Well, he's kind of yelling. I'm like, oh, what happened? And he picks up his leg at his knee and his foot. And instead of his foot sticking straight out, his foot dangles down because there's a, in the middle of his lower leg, there's a, there's a disconnect there quite literally. And yeah. And, and the next day, what did I have to do? I had to go and pole vault. And I was like, oh boy, well, hope it, hope it doesn't turn out like that. And I still did it. Uh, but that guy was like way better than me. That guy was like potential to win state. I was like a sophomore junior and look, I've never, nothing special here. Jump 12 feet, big whoop-de-doo, still a lot of fun. And honestly, I think it'd be really cool for my kids to do it or something similar because I like that stuff. So yeah, what are your favorites? And on that note, I'm going to talk about uh, something my last Hanyak opinion of the day, which I said might be unpopular, is if you're not aware, we have co-gold medalists in the high jump. Dude from Qatar, dude from Italy. Went to this jump off. Went, or they were the kind of the top two, and they were going back and forth. It was awesome to watch. Dude from Qatar literally looks like a gazelle when he runs, and it's awesome. Both of them. They're jumping... I don't even know how high. They're five meters. No, no, no. Whoa. No, no, no. Five meters. Sorry. <laughs> They're, they're jumping something insanely tall, right? And they go and they both, they both, they both hit at the same height and then they jump up to the next height and they both miss all three times. And the official comes up and he says, Hey, you know, we're gonna have to go to a jump off. And then you you can hear, I think the Italians say, Oh, do we have to? Well, long story short, no, apparently they don't have to. And apparently they were able to just do to call it there and say, nah, we want co-gold medals and they're both super excited and everyone, it's a super happy ending. And to which I look at that and I say, no and no thanks. I think it is completely antithetical to the entire ideal behind the Olympiad, aka the Olympics and the spirit of the competition. And there are so many things wrong with it. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. I, 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 Josh, shout out to you. We, we talked about it. Uh, briefly on Twitter and he holds a different stance and I respect his stance and I say, look, I can respect the, the whatever rationale comes behind it and maybe there's a deeper story behind it. But I, but this is what I'm going to hold to. This is my opinion on it, right? Is that, no, uh, first of all, why was that even an option? Because what what is the whole point of the Olympics? And some points that got brought up were, you know, oh, you know, none of these athletes get paid to do this. Well, that's sort of half true. They're not getting like paid a, a salary, but you actually, you make money for getting medals. Like you can make a gold medal in the U.S. I don't get you like tens of thousands, if not a lot of places pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars for a medal. And obviously the better the medal, the, the, the more, the more money. So Hey, there's incentive right there. So one, one possible Avenue is they looked at the dollar signs and said, look, we could both get gold, we both get paid. Boom. One of us isn't getting a pay cut, you know, or is only getting the silver pay, which is still a lot of money. But secondarily, these guys are professional athletes and they do this and they, 
they, they do this around the world on the global stage. There's much more than the Olympics to their life. And I don't know backstories on a lot of these guys as far as like, oh, it's a regular person who's really good at high jump. No, I'm pretty sure they train and do this full time. And most of these athletes also, they have sponsorship deals. And I'm sure for competition, I don't know how it works on like national competitions, international competitions. You know, do you make money there? But people, people always complain, oh, they're not getting paid for this. You get paid for medals and you have your own source of income and you found a way to make this a profession. So to me, that's not an argument on partially for that reason. But really the bigger reason is the Olympics isn't about money. And, and a lot of times, and, and I, I get, I'm a little jaded by the fact that, you know, with how much my generation focuses on, as long as you're getting paid, it's fine. Yes and no sometimes. Or, oh, you, you know, he's getting paid because I definitely have qualms with certain people. It's like, well, they made a lot of money. Can you blame him? It's like, cool. I'm sure I'm, they found a way to game the system and make a lot of money. I still don't like the way they do. Prostitutes and strippers make a heck of a lot of money. I'm not okay with that profession and, and don't, don't hold them in high esteem. I could say you made a lot of money, but how did you do it? Do you have to, you know, in, in my opinion, I don't think it's a, I don't, uh, there's no good way to say this. I don't think it's a noble profession. Like, and, and, and I don't agree with that way of making money, but I'm not here to stop anybody. So to me, that, that statement only goes so far and, and doesn't, isn't really an argument here because the whole point of this, like the Olympics is a grand stage where the world, all the countries come together with their top athletes in, in these events and they, they compete to, to kind of be the best. And, and it's the whole nature of the Olympics. The Olympics I found out does not make money. It tanks. It's cost so much to put it on and you, and it barely pulls in any revenue. Well, realizing it's not a revenue driver. And I think we need, do need to consider closing that gap. So some countries don't get put under such strain, but at the same time, who's been at the center of the world for the last two weeks, Tokyo, Japan, they've been on display. It's an awesome moment. You get highlighted and you get, normally you get a huge uptick in tourism and people visiting there, even if it's not during the games, but after the games, because now you have this Olympic park and there's so much to it. I'm getting a little off track here, but talking about the spirit of competition, there's a couple aspects to this, right? A, I think the whole air behind the Olympics is I'm here to compete. I'm here to try and be the best. And that's, that's what I'm here for. And so I'm not looking at this like, oh, I'm not getting paid. So I'm not going to care about it. First of all, to even get to be one of the best top two high jumpers in the world, the level of competitiveness you have to, and, and willingness you have to, you have to, uh, to, to, to sacrifice and to make this your full-time life is insane. It is everything. Like this is your livelihood here. And so First of all, your competitive, it, it boggles me that you can get all the way. I see it as getting all the way almost to the summit and then saying, you know what? We made it almost there. We're both, it's good enough. And then we're going to, we're going to dip out. And you know, wow, we both made it almost to the summit. And it's like, oh, I almost ran a marathon. No, you didn't. And you know, and, and on, at the same time, people could see, oh no, it's like summiting Mount Everest at the same time with your buddy. And it's like, well, if the point of yes, but it would have to be under the context of we're racing to the summit and we both look at each other like, Oh, who's going to win? And we kind of play a nice guy. It's like, no, no, no. If I'm here, if, I, if I'm racing you to summit Mount Everest and this is a life or death situation, then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to win. I'm not going to, if it needs to come, if we both get up there at the same time, we have to rock, paper, scissors, two out of three. I'm going to rock, paper, scissors, two out of three. Now, I mean, this could just be mainly my opinion on things. And, uh, and you may feel differently. I mean, buddy, Josh felt differently and I respect that he felt differently and he made a, a decent case, but this is where I stand. Okay. 
is that, A, that's ridiculous and shouldn't be allowed. The fact that I can't even understand and comprehend that the official will be like, oh, you don't want to do a jump off? No, no, no. Why is this even a question, right? It's like a parent looking to a child be like, oh, you don't want to eat your greens? Well, I guess you don't have to. No, no, no. I'm the parent here. Like, we're the officials. This is how it has to be decided. It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, to put it in context, it's like going to the Super Bowl and you're getting tied through three quarters and you get to the fourth quarter. And instead of going to overtime, you decide, nah, we'll just call it co-Super Bowl champion. No, I did not come all this way, go through all this heartache, come here to not even get paid because I'm doing it for the love of the game, the love of competition to... It's one of the highest honors an athlete can receive is to be able to go and represent your country at the Olympics on the global stage. I mean, the the notoriety, the recognition of itself, it's it's awesome, and that and you know that's the the, the point behind it to compete at the highest level, to see what we can accomplish. And it's like, look, I'm gonna. I'm here. I'm going to do everything in my power A to win. And then when it comes down to something where it's like, it has to go to a jump off. It has to go to a jump off. This is the pinnacle. This isn't, this isn't middle school high jump where we can just say, I'll call it, you know, both, both go share the point. This is gold medal Olympics best in the world. I want to know. I'm not cool. I'm not okay with co NBA champions, co and co Super Bowl champions, co Stanley cup champions. We're not sitting here saying like, Oh, you guys went to six games and you tied up and the fourth game or the seventh game looks like it's going to go into overtime. You know what? We'll just call it here. Are you crazy? No, no, no. So I think it's, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think it's, is antithetical to what the Olympics stand for. Uh, it happened. It's fine. It's whatever you could say. They have their reasons. I think it's missing the point. And I think the whole point of this, like I put myself in the shoes. I am a competitive person, but I think I try and think, look, if I was like, if, if I was world-class table tennis player, and ping pong, you know, and like I get, I get to Olympic level and I get there. We get to the match. Like I'm, I'm there. Like this is only the drive to go further and be best, be the absolute best. So I'll say this good for them. I'm glad they both got gold. I don't think that should be even allowed personally speaking. And I think, I think, (laughs) I think it kind of defeats the purpose of trying to find the best. I think it shows that our culture of participation stuff is slightly bled into things. And I don't think it's okay. I don't think we're better for it. And, you know, uh, another partial point is, you know, talking about, oh, you know, we have, we're friends afterwards and we, we both got gold and we'll be friends for life. And it's like, cool, but that's kind of beside the point. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to try and win gold. What's the quote? We all know you play to win the game. You know, it's like you're here competing to get the gold. And, and there's a gold, there's a silver and there's a bronze There's a one, two, three. And we got to figure it out somehow. Like, sure. You don't want to go to a jump off. We're going to flip a coin. Then if you guys think you're equally matched and sorry, that's how it goes. Because I don't know. I, I'm obviously frustrated by this. I'm not going to continue down this, but uh, I think it was ridiculous. What do you think? Do you think I'm ridiculous? Make your case to me. Would love to hear it and uh, figure it out. Like I said, shout out to Josh. We had a great conversation on Twitter. At the end of the day, I was like, look, I I think we just fall on opposite sides of this. I can see your side of things. However, I just disagree with it. Respectfully so. I don't think, I don't think that's what this is about at all. I, and, and, and I think it's totally antithetical to what the Olympics stand for. And I don't think, I don't think lack of monetary involvement uh, is, is a reason to be like, oh man, I'm so tired. I came all this way. We're not even getting paid. I think that's a very cynical view in some sense. I'm not trying to bash my buddy Josh here either. This is my, t- I think that view, I think it's cynical to sometimes just look at things in monetary value. Well, am I getting paid for this? Oh, well, I'm not even getting paid for this. So I'm not going to care. And it's like, 
there's something to be said about taking pride in what you do in doing stuff. It's like not everything is always about getting paid. And I think there's a discussion to be had within context of maybe this is a better discussion of as far as should we pay these Olympic athletes better? Um, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out because these are the best in the world and they deserve the best. So I obviously haven't looked into, you know, on average, you know, what are, what's, what's an Olympic athlete's life like, you know, pre post Olympics and, and what's their day to day, you know, are they just, are, are there a lot of people out there who live a more or less normal life and are barely scraping by and then get to the Olympics and okay, they got a little paycheck cause they medal, but then what if they don't medal? And it's like, you didn't get a paycheck again, did nothing. Well, hopefully you get something that comes out of this. If nothing, I think hopefully the recognition in your in your respective country will kind of uh, propel you onto being able to be be something. I some of the, I will say some of these countries do it right. Like Sri Lanka, you get a medal. I think it was Sri Lanka. Uh, no, 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 it was Singapore. You get like seven hundred k. Now I don't know what their value of the dollar to our dollar is, but uh, uh, Philippines, you get oh man, you get like a. It's something involved with like you get an incentive to or, or a part of some businessman group. You get paid all this money. Like you get a lot of money, and so and I think that's the way it should be. Is like you go and do this, and you go through this heartache. Like you should come back and like in some sense be taken care of. I'm not saying you shouldn't have to work ever again because a lot of these athletes, you know, your uh, gymnast is like 16 to like 26 is your time frame. You have so much of your life ahead of you. It's like you got to figure something else out and go and do something. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But where do you stand on all that? Let me know. Five-star review, email, voice memo. You know what to do. Speaking of voice memos, how are we going to finish the show today? We're going to finish it with another Crazy Kyle story. Oh, actually, before we get to that, I'm so sorry. I've I've botchered, botchered, I've botchered, and we have a new phrase. I have botchered this word this sentence and this show i almost forgot my favorite moment from the olympics and you should all go look it up right now on youtube two favorite moments is well first of all oh man i don't know how i'm gonna get this i might blow out the mic here fair warning but is my boy my new favorite olympic athlete potentially i you there might be someone else i'm forgetting and i'm sorry but at least right now is none other than bobby fink the legend the swimmer Bobby Fink, the closer. He is the, oh my, he is incredible. He won the 800 free, 1500 free, and the 800 free is the one that's really impressive. So it's 800 meters, freestyle swimming. That is a long ways. You know, people, people close their last lap or in that one, you kind of start to kick it into gear last 150, 100. And then the final 50, you kind of, whatever's left in the tank, you put out there and people make up a little bit of ground. This man, this man, if you haven't seen this, go to YouTube, look up Bobby Fink, 800 free, watch, it's a seven and a half minute race, skip to the last two minutes, and just see what is incredible, what what ensues. This man was in fifth, fourth slash fifth, going into the final turn, and he was, there was a gap, he wasn't even at the feet of the, the top three leaders, there was even a little bit of gap, like they do their turn, and come out of their turn, and then he goes into his turn, and that's 50 meters, that's not a lot of ground, and especially in a race of this length, and this man storms back with a vengeance, like a lightning bolt, 
freaking comes back, wins gold. Then does the same thing in the 1500. The 1500, it was, he was more at their like waistline. He was closer to him. So the comeback wasn't as impressive. The 800 though, did it. Bobby Fink is a freaking legend. This man has the closing speed of like a sprinter basically. And what's crazy in his 1500 meter final 50 was almost a second faster than his 800. And he swam twice as far. What is this man doing? But uh, do you have a favorite favorite Olympic moment? Let me know. Let me know if you have a favorite one. And then secondly, around all the nonsense that I kind of avoided on this show, talking about people who, around the protesting, the wokeism, blah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, on, the, on the flip side of that, I saw a more traditional approach from our gold medal women's wrestling girl. Oh, I can't remember her name, and I'm so sorry. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But she has the in, the goat. You could tell, like, she's on cloud 900 million. She has the ultimate freaking, um, oh, there we go, saved. She has the ultimate response. She's doing this interview, and, like, I, I mean, she's so excited she can't even think. And she's just like, I freaking love this country. I freaking love living here. I freaking love representing it. And she's hugging her American flag, and it's, it's everything you want to see. And on the note of the wokeism stuff, the protesting stuff, you know how I know America is better than everyone else? We have, we have Olympians who in some way, shape, or form are at the Olympics representing our country who aren't even, don't even really like our country or at least will say that publicly or aren't even proud of it and protest things. You have other countries like Belarus who had an athlete who was like, I don't want to participate in this event and the coach is trying to force him and then is now seeking asylum in Poland because she was worried she was going to go home to Belarus and get arrested and put in prison. All right? One... One, uh, there was a, there have been Chinese people arrested because I think at a watch party or something, they're playing the Chinese national anthem or some the communist party national anthem. There was some booze. People got straight up arrested for just booing. And so, you know, you want to talk about freedom and what it looks like. It looks like being able to not like your country and still being able to represent your country in the Olympics a little bit. That's all I'm going to say on that because there have been other examples of people who literally, or have in fear of retribution, of getting in trouble, getting kicked off their team, getting arrested back home uh, because of literally looking at their coach and be like, I don't want to do this event that because I didn't think I was going to get to do. So her name is Tamara Minsas. Oh, geez, I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry because you're one of my new favorites. But it's uh, Tamira or Tamara Minsas Stocks. Uh, and she, go check out her little post thing, post uh, match interview, post gold medal interview. It's in incredible so all right on now now for real for real on to the finale we're actually going to the finale now okay we have our our third crazy kyle story from connor coming in hot gonna end this one on a high note let's see what the hanyak brings today all right here we go okay back at it again with crazy kyle story number three this was a month maybe two into the uh, semester and we're out there in the living room sitting on the three-person couch. It's me in the middle, girlfriend, now wife, to my right, crazy cow to my left. He's got his laptop, and he's just trying to surf the web, do something. But you know how college campuses are notorious for bad internet? Yeah. So it wasn't working so well. So he is just sitting there over, I mean, we're talking two, three minutes, just rage building, bubbling, percolating, and I can feel it all. Till eventually, within five minutes, he punches his laptop screen, breaks it, the laptop falls to the ground, he heads off to his room to listen to screamo music, my girlfriend, now wife, we just bolt out of the room like, what happened? 
Less than a week later, he comes back with a brand new laptop that his daddy bought him. Excuse me? You... Oh, my. So, I, I know we've all seen videos where someone, like, punches a screen, throws a controller, breaks a TV. But to be next to it? That's incredible, Connor. First of all, uh... That's, I can't even imagine what I would do. I'm sure it would have been exactly the same as what you did. You just kind of, you, you side eye you and, uh, your at the time girlfriend, now wife, uh, congratulations on the promotion and, uh, locking her down. Or I guess thank you to her for allowing him to marry you is what I should say. <laughs> um, and, and just like side eyeing each other and just being like, Oh, like just <laughs> after he walks out. But, uh, at least, at least. Gosh, I know what internet you're talking about. And yeah, I got frustrated many a times by it, but, uh, I don't know. That's the one thing I never understood. And I guess it's because I didn't have a dad who would just buy me a brand new laptop because like, what is my question? What did he tell his dad? I mean, it's crazy Kyle. So who knows? But like, did he go home and be like, dad, my laptop broke. I dropped it. Or I don't know. I wonder if he made up some crazy story about crazy roommates. He's like my crazy roommate. Just, he got mad and he just threw my laptop up against the wall. <laughs> That'd be wild. Connor, what'd you think about that? Do you think, do you think that you, there is uh, there's stories of crazy Connor out there, uh, <laughs> from the, and that like he has friends, well, or his parents at least think that he had some crazy roommate. I want that would be the ultimate ruse. Like he's this crazy one, but he, he, the way his life is set up, he thinks everyone, he's convinced his family that everyone else is crazy that he encounters. And he just happens to run into all these crazy people that that'd be, that'd be fun. A fun twist. Maybe, maybe not, but just socks his laptop, slams it on the ground. Uh, did you say if he left it, did he just leave it on the ground? I don't know if you said, I'll have to go back and re-listen, but if he just left it to witness that in person, like five within five feet or less, uh, of someone just like, oh, oh, and you know, you know, you've sat next to someone and like, they're getting mad. Like for instance, when I've played people in game video games and you're just stomping your friend and you can tell they're just getting frustrated or you're the friend who's getting frustrated, been there plenty of times. And you're like, yeah, damn, it's like, come on. And, uh, you know what happens? And then, uh, and then you just, you just botchered your, your laptop. And then next week, brand new laptop. I mean, I guess if I knew I was I was a lock to get a new laptop, then I wouldn't feel so bad about raging and punching my computer because I'm sure I'm sure getting to sock. I've thought about that. Like, man, if I ever like had a monitor that was old crappy that we were gonna throw away anyways that was like dying, I might take the opportunity to like slam it. You know, you know how in high school sometimes too they have like the demolition. You pay a buck or five bucks to to take a baseball bat to an old crappy car. Like, it's fun. It is very satisfying, but. Yeah, to then cope by going and listening to three hours, <laughs> uh, hours of screamo. I mean that, that that's crazy, Kyle. At this point, I feel like no surprise there. That's just, that's just what he does. Good, bad, or ugly, uh, his day. That's what he does. He could great day, three hours of screamo. Horrible day, three hours of screamo. Same songs too. It's just all the same, right? It's just uh, a glass case of emotion quote anchorman but thanks connor for that crazy kyle store keep them coming they, they only get wilder and wilder and as we build and, and this and get to understand the human that is was crazy kyle the ultimate crazy roommate that you would think you only see in movies 
but that you got to, that you lived it and, and survived. Uh, it's incredible. I appreciate it. So that's what we're going to wrap today's episode. It was a longer episode, but there's a lot to talk about the Olympics. There's a lot going on. I thought about trying to do like a daily or every other day, like recap. And then I realized, you know, they do that already. So I'll just kind of wait and do it on the weekly show. So uh, yeah, that's would love to know any and all your thoughts around the Olympics, anything I talked about, where you stand, how you feel, what I got wrong, because, I mean, you can tell me what I got wrong, but ultimately I hope you know that there's just something you're missing and that you are ultimately wrong, and that's my Hanyak coming out. So is, is my Hanyak showing? Ooh, that's a merch idea. Any merch ideas you got to me, especially related to Hanyak, I love that. Uh, send them in. It's, you can email the show. It's ramblingviking at gmail.com. You can leave a five-star review and give your feedback that way. You can text or leave a voicemail for the show at 580-789-9258. And lastly, you follow the link in the description down below and you can leave a voice memo. You are capped at a minute though on the voicemail option. I don't know if there is a cap, but it's definitely not a minute. So if you have something more to say, do that. That has been this episode of uh, the Rambling Viking Podcast, your weekly dose of weird. Hope you have a great rest of your week. I hope it's PDFG. I don't, I don't hope it's great. I hope it's PDFG. All right? This Hanyak is out. I will see you Hanyaks next time.